Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy Yes, episode 73 of the Open Bar Talk podcast, the dopest bartending podcast that is in these streets. I'm going to be brutally frank with you. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search. That is how branding works, and that is how you can find me. This podcast, Open Bar Talk on Instagram and openbartalk at gmail.com is another place to reach out to us. Email us. We'll hit you back. Follow us on the gram. It's definitely a way to, to get uh, followers and all that good shit that makes people want to listen. Uh, we are in the process of turning this here podcast into having its own YouTube channel. So you can see this interview. You can see my darlingly handsome face. Uh, talk to all of our bartenders very soon. Now, how do you find the show? Rate, review, and subscribe. That is how people find out about the show. It is important. Uh, if you want to find the show, uh, you want to go on Insta. Uh, no, you can find it through Instagram, but iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, those are uh, all of the main platforms. Underneath the kitchen sink, that is also where you find podcasts. Go get it there, too. So that being said, I would love to introduce our guest uh i was chopping it up with him before the podcast and i have to say uh one thing and i'm sure you've heard this before but your name is a very fucking powerful name (laughs) (laughs) i'm not the first person to say this i know uh, because i'm not that clever but i'm gonna say that when i like saw your name i was like damn this motherfucker is gonna be six eight and an enormous human being but anyway max stone how are you man good to have you on the Um, show buddy I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, I've gotten everything from Max Stone secret agent, Max Stone lawyer, Max Stern Pri- Stone private investigator. A lot, a lot of the investigation allegations. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it fits, man. Or like, you know, uh, Max Stone rock star. I can yeah, see that, that, was, that was a big one. Yeah, uh, you know, lived out that fantasy in high school and <laughs> had a bunch of really shitty bands. Mm. Never went anywhere with it, and that's why I sling drinks. <laughs> well, listen, you know what? I'm such like this like brutal like optimist at heart. I really am as much as I live in New York City, and I'm like, ah, fuck it. I still think that like there's always a chance for something to happen, right? Oh, yeah. So, like you don't like this is just a very quick side story, but I was watching uh, this new segment and there was this dude, this was like Jimmy Duck Jones, maybe or something. He was a blues singer who he played in like Mississippi for decades, right? Just a dude who was uh, making records, da 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 da. He got, he was up for a Grammy like two years ago just because his album ended up in somebody's office and they were like, this guy's fucking great. Who the hell is he? So it's like, Max, I say that to say that your band could take off tomorrow. And I'm, if you get the band back together, just don't forget me. All right. You know, I, I've seen the exact opposite happen, too, where actually one of my first coworkers, who later ended up being my bar manager, 
right. was in a very successful touring band for the better part of 20 years. Okay. And then ultimately he only retired from the band. This was, you know, they had toured the world circuit for the entirety of that time. Right. He only retired the band because he wanted to settle down, start a family. And he had to, had to make that choice between do I do what I've loved and been so successful at, or do I start the rest of my life? And, mm, um, right. You know, th- this wasn't any small time gig. This was a band that I had known. This is a band that other coworkers of mine, uh, had known and loved. And so other than the fact that we always used to make inside jokes about it to him at work, uh, right. you know, this was a pretty big deal for him. And so for him to settle down and then get back behind the stick, you know, he had his own stories from a completely different world that, um, that would fit in here among other places, but they were always so interesting to hear from the same side of the bar as him talking to patrons across across the way. I bet, man. I mean, look, that's like twice the amount of stuff. Like that's double the lifestyle, Mm -hmm. right? Like or double the, just the crazy shit being on tour and then being behind the stick. Like that's gotta be a fucking life and a half, but you know what? It's not about him right now. It's no, it's you. not. It's about, <laughs> it's about you right now. Like one of my good friends, he always used to say, it's all about you right now. So listen, uh, let's talk about it, man. So you've been, uh, you've been bartending for some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you got into the world of bartending. What okay. was your first intro? So I've been bartending for about four or five years now. Mm-hmm. I started bartending when I was freshly 21. Uh, I'm 25 now. Okay. And... You know, before before that, I was a barista at a small town cafe. I just happened to take an interest. I decided when I was a teenager that I always kind of wanted to be a bartender. I thought it was kind of glamorous, exciting, uh, mm-hmm. just a very different world. And I was already in customer service, already in hospitality. It, it was exciting, right? Um, so shortly after I turned 21, I had friends that I had met from going to various concerts in the city. Uh, who were in the hospitality industry, who right. were, you know, master mixologists or what have you in their own right, very passionate about the subject, very into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decided that they wanted to take me around, show me the ways, and come to find I'm out with one of them one night, we're drinking in the city, and he sees me start to pick apart something I found wrong with a cocktail, something I didn't like about it. And okay. so, uh, you know, he, he tries my drink. He says, I see what I say, see wrong with it, but I want to hear what you think. So okay. I give him, uh, you know, I don't like this about it. I think you could use more of this. It's, uh, there's too much of this. And we take it from there. And from that point on, he takes me under his wing, his protege, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, and so that kind of ignited that spark in me that, okay, maybe, maybe this is something that I'm meant to do here on out. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to, but this is a sign that I'm in the right direction going there. Uh, fast forward a couple months and one of my customers from the cafe where I'm working talks to me and says that she's opening a cocktail bar in the same town that they need employees. There's an open call for employment. And so, uh, they're doing an open invitation for, uh, for new staff at, and they'd love to have me swing by. Uh, so it's a couple weeks out, and I think about it, but it doesn't take much convincing. Mm-hmm. So I uh, day comes, I drop by, sit down, fill out an application. At that point, my only experience 
is uh, not making drinks, but just drinking drinks. You know, uh, I think we can all relate to that a little bit. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, you kind of, there's this, uh, there's old saying of just like, you can't sell a knife if you've never cut with it. So it's like, absolutely. You kind of have to know what you're drinking, in my opinion, before you sell it. So they're <laughs> drinking drinks is important. But anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. And so I sit down, I'm chatting with the managers. We're talking about a couple of our favorite uh, cocktail bars. Of course, um, I guess to call it a cocktail bar would be an overstatement. It is a restaurant with a high profile cocktail program. Okay. Um, But I digress. We're talking about some of our favorite places to drink around New York City. And we've been to a lot of the same places. We have a lot of the same preferences and similar interests. And... I leave having filled out the application, feeling good, uh, feeling good about it. Of course, I was applying to barback, uh, not bartend, because well, I, I was going to you know, ask, like, what was your was barbacking the entry point? Yeah, so I, I applied as a barback because even though I was interested and I'd done whatever research I could, uh, I didn't have the wherewithal to just say, "Hire me to make drinks. I'm ready." Uh, mm. I didn't have the wherewithal to do that. I don't think it would have gone well if I tried to. Right. Uh, I think they probably would have laughed in my face. Um, but then this is around December. So I'm out at my company Christmas party for the place where I worked at that time. And I run into the same woman who is from the opening the the restaurant. Right. 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 Uh, Yeah. And she takes me aside and says, Hey, you have the job if you want it. I just need an answer. And I tell her on the spot, she hires me out from under my own company Christmas party. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> you know, that, that's a whole different incident. I uh, She got a couple of very angry emails and phone calls from my then employer sure. uh, about poaching me. Right. Um, Which, you I'm, know, look, <laughs> that's, that's the game, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how that shit goes, man. Yeah. If, as if you had, if, I mean, Obviously, I can't uh, speak fully to your previous job experience, but it's just like if it was a better fit, then that wouldn't have mattered, right? Like, yeah. So anyway, you know, I, I was I was moving on up, and uh, but it, me being a very eager, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed twenty-one-year-old. Uh, I gave a month's notice at the other job. (laughs) Full month. I really liked my employer, so I gave them uh, that much lead time and ended up uh, overlapping, opening a cafe in the mornings to closing a bar every night, sleeping maybe three to at most five hours a night, working 70, 80, I think 85 was the peak hours a week. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Basically... Just a, a zombie. Uh, no clue how I managed to do it. If you ask me to do it again today, I don't think I could. Um, and so then I started off barbacking. We opened the place, smash hit right out the gate. We had a line out the door and around the block for uh, the entirety of the opening week. So it was a very busy place. I had never worked in restaurants before. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. But um at the same time, I loved it. I lived for that atmosphere immediately. Uh, and 
not for nothing, but I think because I was poached, she may have played favorites a little. I made way more money than any bar back ever should. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> she really incentivized my transition. God damn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're like, a, I mean, look, I'm getting the vibe. Like, you're like a personable, affable dude. Like, yeah. I get that. I could see why she'd probably like, we need to hire this person. And that's how you retain people is you create a good space for them to grow and you pay them fucking money. Yeah. You know, uh, whether or not she was fudging the books a little, that's, uh, that's a different story. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I'm starting out, I'm working as a barback. I'm working six or seven days a week sometimes, just really burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do that for what feels like an eternity. Looking back, is only about a month. it was only about a month well shit Uh, man working every day during yeah that feels like nine years right and so the way i actually transitioned from there into bartending so i was working a sunday it was the dead of winter it was in a snowstorm and whoever was supposed to come in on a sunday night where i had just worked the morning couldn't make it and they were scrambling no one else could cover and so uh, as a last ditch effort they looked at me as I had just put my coat on and just put my boots on. I was walking out the door. They said, Max, stop. Uh, we need a bartender for tonight. I think you've been studying it up enough. I know you're interested. Do you want to fill in? And being the, uh, the hard-headed guy that I was then, I said, I'll do it. But I'm keeping my Tims on. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Max, oh, that makes me so happy! <laughs> what a what a great like ultimatum! Like I have to wear my boots in order. Yeah, to- just hilarious. said fine, whatever, fuck it. We don't care. You do do whatever you have to do. We just we really need you, and we'd appreciate it if you could get back there as soon as possible. Throw on your apron, get ready. We'll debrief you whatever you need to know. There are flashcards for all the house cocktails. You probably already have copies. I did. Uh, I, I love the fact that like, and this, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's like in that moment of them being so desperate of just like, we need someone to do this. Will you do this? The leverage that you took was boots. <laughs> <laughs> like, I already changed shoes. I'm not doing it again. I'm not changing it. Like you could have been like, I need you to pay me 150 bucks on top of everything else. And then I'll do it. And then I'd be yeah. like, um, all right, fine. But you're like, nah, boots, motherfucker, which I respect, by the way, as a 90s <laughs> hip hop head, I'm wearing my yeah. tips. So, mm-hmm. so that, and I'm always fascinated by um, the transition, you know, as you've, we've talked uh, for the show, but I've done this like 70 some odd times is the bar back to bartender uh, transition because it's always different. There's always some sort of nuance to it. So with this, uh, like snowstorm, we're fucked. Can you do it? And it's like, well, and you have to take that opportunity, right? Because like, yeah. that's your that's your entry point. Because who knows, the the stars aligned. So you jump in. So you're tim timmed up, mm-hmm. behind the bar, slinging drinks. Now and they throw me on service bar night one. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> it was me and one other guy, and he says, "You go on service bar." I'll handle all the customer stuff, but I think if you get in the flow of this, you can do it fast enough that we'll be okay. Right. And 
honestly, thank God, because those Tims were a little uncomfortable. I think they were probably a size too small. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> if I had to move around too much, we might have a different story right now. But, uh, <laughs> That's so funny, man. But, um, you know, I, I stay there. I whip out maybe 200. Uh, no, it was a slower night, but it felt like the fastest night I'd ever worked. So maybe 100 drinks for that night. Um, Damn, man. And, uh, yeah, re- real trial by fire going on there. Which, you know, I think is, you know, one of the, for me is kind of one of the better ways to learn, man. It's like, you gotta, it, it, some people can be scaffolded and yes, you do get that learning experience. But like when you throw someone in the fucking deep end and you're like, you want to get out of the water, <laughs> you're going to figure it out. You, you yeah. don't forget those <laughs> lessons. Like you don't forget how to, how to do your thing, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I learned a lot of it on the job that day. I can't tell you how many cocktails I had classics that I had to ask, uh, how do you make this? How do you make this? How do you make this? I'm sure I drove my coworker insane, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you but, do? yeah, exactly. It's just like, well, you know, you're going to throw somebody in the, <laughs> like, Hey, you're about to leave. Do you want to do this job? You never done before. All right. <laughs> well, there's going to be some questions. All right. And, you know, thank God before that, I think they probably noticed this, but I had borrowed cocktail books. I've been writing down recipe flashcards. I went through and I made flashcards for a hundred or so different classics. So I knew how to make them, but I didn't have the muscle memory yet. Sure. Um, So it was a, you know, concept and actuation. Um, Right. Well, it's like, exactly. Cause it's like, you may have everything to mind, but until you're in the thick, it's not, it's not going to be committed until you actually have to really execute. You know what I mean? So, all right. So that is your entry point into the world of bartending, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's jump into the fucking crazy shit that you have seen from behind the bar because you've been bartending five years. Yeah, roughly. So that is ample enough time to be like, what the fuck is this chucklehead doing? (laughs) Or like, wow, this guy's really saying that on this date. Let's see how this goes. So, all right. Tell us, tell us about those, those moments you had. All right. Well, we'll start off with a story where it wasn't even a patron. It was just me being a stupid 21 year old. All right. Into it. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, Part of part of why I got into bartending, and you know maybe maybe the dumbest part of why I got into bartending was, uh, yeah, you know people hit on their bartenders all the time. It's called chicks. I'm a, I'm a single <laughs> young man. Ladies, have at me. Um, <laughs> you know I, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've been propositioned over over these couple of years, but. Um, the, so the first incident I really remember this one woman who, in retrospect, was definitely a Russian escort. Okay, uh, <laughs> go on. We're was listening. was there on a date? You know, I, I was taking care of her and uh, and her partner for that night, and she kept turning to me, just like, "Oh, you're you're, you're so handsome. You're, you're, you you look so good back there." Wow. So, okay. okay, you're you're on a date. Eyes on the prize, lady. Focus. Uh, you know, if if he's your sugar daddy, whatever. He, really be paying attention to this guy sure he's um, paying right now this is <laughs> you're working you know uh, she she slipped me a, a business card ask for natasha 
Ask for Natasha. I, I, I never called. I, I did see her with several other of our regulars throughout the course of the years working mm-hmm. at that place and a couple places in adjacent towns. Um, but I digress. So that, that was the first time that I really felt that and had been propositioned, let's say, as, okay. as a bartender. Um, you know, felt on top of the world. Everyone else was like, dude, she's a, she's a hoe. Yeah, it's, it's not you. You're not. You're nothing special. It's, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't care. Didn't matter. You know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Twenty-one-year-old kid mm-hmm. slipped card by. I'm assuming very attractive as. Oh yeah, attractive older blonde Russian lady. Maybe yeah. uh, five eight, five ten on a good day. Six feet in the right heels. I'm six one. I'm into it. You know. Yeah. Uh, on, <laughs> like, nah, you should feel good. Fuck that shit. So but, uh, <laughs> that was. So you got you well. You got propositioned uh, by a pro. Um, the now, how far in? Like, what would you say? Like timeline wise, were you into the job when this happened? I don't know. That was maybe a month or two in. That was early on. I was like, this is going to happen all the time. I'm uh, here for it. I'm going to play the field. Sure. Uh, what, do you, what do you got for me? Come on. Let me, let me see my options. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but flash forward a little bit. Okay. Um, and let me preface this by saying, at the time, when we opened that restaurant, this is still the first place where I worked. We had this really suave, tall, English bar director named Mark. He would always come dressed to the nines in navy blue three-piece suits and he was fresh out of London, handsome as hell. Oh, he's, uh, he's fucking. Ladies fucking loved him. He was and fucking. And so, <laughs> he, he was fucking. Uh, you know, maybe not related to this story per se, but there was a rumor going around that he was, that the owner of the bar, the woman who hired me, was having an affair with him. And that the reason that the other bar back with whom I came on was uh, fired was because he caught them in the office. Oh, shit. Now, I can't really speak to the truth of that. All I know is I believe my coworker before I believe her. <laughs> As you should. Do not like her. <laughs> well, and also, like, yo, real talk. There is no HR in the hospitality world. Mm-mm. If your boss comes in one day and has a wild hair up their butt and is like, you're fired, you're fired. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Goodbye. So, so, so there was some intrigue. There was some real days of our lives shit happening with uh, <laughs> Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so yeah, so I, I as we digressed. Uh, I digress. You know, Mark would usually take service bar when he was there. I would mm-hmm. always be somewhere in the middle floating, trying to help him out when I needed to and take point on the uh, on the corner station whenever I needed to, depending on who needed what at the time. And so there was this one woman who kept coming back. And the first time I saw her was maybe the first time I ever saw her, the only time, rather, that I ever saw her come alone. Okay. Always with some guy after that point. So, you know, she knew what she wanted. She went for it. She got it. But that first night, she was chatting up Mark the entire time we were there. Mark went to go do something else. I think he left for the night, and so I took over service bar, and we were down to two people. And I was uh, running tables because we were taking tables. The servers had left, and I'm chatting with her the entire way. And 
as I'm running back and forth from the bar to the table to the bar to the table, she starts asking me increasingly personal questions, culminating in, most importantly, what time do you get off tonight? Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, music to my ears. And I said at that point, I think in about 45 minutes, and, you know, all she said after that was, okay. Uh, she closed her tab and she left. I'm like, oh fuck! Did I did I fumble the bag? Did I fumble the bag? I, um, she left. I closed up, rang back? everyone out, cleaned up. Well, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Okay, uh, all right. This, all story, right. this yeah. story, this night is not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> not by a See, long shot. I I was very impatient. Forgive me. Uh, all right, you, you're gonna uh, have to bear with me for this one. No, no, I'm that. That's what we're here for. That's the name of the yeah. podcast. And so, um, you know, I, I'm cleaning up. And I close up the bar for the night. We're done. Uh, she didn't wait outside or whatever. Okay. You know, maybe I'll see her again. Maybe I won't. And there was this Irish pub dive bar across the street that we would always go to after we closed because we were, you know, we were the new guys on, in town, the more expensive bar in town, more importantly. So people didn't want to stay there and drink late. They wanted to go to the place where they could get cheap beer and shots. Right. Um, where they would pour you a neat instead of a shot and charge you two bucks. Ooh, music to my ears. Go oh, yeah. Well, look, I've uh, blacked out of that place more times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> um, so I close up the bar. I go across the street. And who's sitting there but Mark and this woman? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> they're sitting on the short side of the bar. A bunch of my coworkers are along the long side. Okay. And so I sit down. I grab my drink. Um a couple minutes go by and I look over and I see Mark and the mystery woman whose name for the life of me, I honestly can't remember starting to make out. Oh no. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark has a girlfriend. It does not matter to Mark. Mark does his own thing. I don't tell his girlfriend. Uh, I like having a job. Understood. Understood. (laughs) But eventually Mark gets bored of her, I guess, whatever. She's on to the next time. He closes his tab. He leaves. I take his seat. Yes. She gets up. She goes to the bathroom. She comes back. We start making out. <laughs> and now th- this is a, this is paint you a picture. This is uh, at the time what I would consider to be an older woman looking back, maybe mid to late thirties, early forties. <laughs> I'm uh, like I'm still 40 twice and... my age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here forty, just like uh, what. I'm old. <laughs> anyway, so normal old. age by my standards now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Go on. Um, sure. You know, we're uh, just getting a, getting a little PDA on. Sure, uh, sure. Nothing else happens that night, but it's more than I expected to happen. Uh, at least that night. So I well, finish up my fourth or however many pint of Guinness, and she leaves. I leave maybe five, ten minutes after. I go home, just think, wow, that was great. Uh, when's the next time this is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like I said, that was the only time I've seen her come alone. So she comes back as a regular, but she always has a date with her. And, you know, um, ever I read a little too much into it, maybe. I start to feel a little uncomfortable whenever she comes in, maybe because... Uh, we were making out at the dive bar, maybe because sure. uh, maybe because I just know what she's about, right. and I know that I see the men she brings as prey. <laughs> it's 
I mean, well, when you say, all right, so when you say you read into it too much, what do you, like, you were thinking that she wanted to be in a relationship? Oh, hell no. No, I, I definitely wasn't looking for one at that point. I was, uh, I okay. was mm. the same mindset as she was, for sure. But, so, um, so you're you know. saying in terms of, like, uh, that you were going to hook up or that this was going to be something. Yeah, like, well, like, come on, come by yourself, you know, and let's take it a little further. Right. Um, okay, now I get eventually, it. Eventually, I see her start to come with the same guy over and over, like, fuck, did you settle down? <laughs> <laughs> Are you spoken for now? Yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> did, did I and, truly miss the boat? What was, so, and Mark was done with her, right? Well, Mark was done with her. Mark also got fired because he was a raging alcoholic. Um, I was you know, wondering what Mark's. I want. I was wondering what Mark's character flaw was going to be in this story because there's uh, no way that he could be like <laughs> dashingly handsome from London and be hooking up with uh, women left and right and not have like a coke problem or like a you know. Uh, he didn't have a coke problem. That was a couple bars later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Mark. Uh, Mark was a raging alcoholic who, at every hour of the night, every hour on the hour, would make the entire staff Negronis. Oh, wow. Okay. And as he said, it's Negroni time. You're <laughs> drinking a Negroni, whether you like it or not. Here's oh, your Negroni. Wow. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like, uh, thanks, Mark. I told him one day that I wasn't drinking for that week. I was trying to detox for a couple days, and he made me a Negroni anyway, handed it to me, and said, Oh, you're serious? um i say that to fucking kid myself look i'm saying that i've been drinking a lot this week i'm gonna try to take a break next week am i gonna do it probably not nah look max you're you're young enough man you're good yeah (laughs) so so you got so so that was the salacious love triangle oh it's Um, not over Oh shit! I it's keep... not over. Come on, it gets it gets a lot better. If All I right. ended there, who do, no. who do you think I am? All right, um, you're right. I'm... She she starts coming back with this guy, uh, okay. and um, you know, over and over. And then one day he goes to the bathroom. She leans in, and uh, she's always hammered because they always pregame at that pub. At the pub, uh, okay. At right, the pub. right, right, right. So they Got go it. to the pub. They come back. They come in together. He goes to the bathroom. She leans in. She says, you know. I've been telling him all about you and how interested I am in you. I want to try to get you involved with us, but he doesn't feel the same way. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> what do you want me to do? You're, you're here with him. You just told me he's not interested in anything happening. I, and I, like, I'm going to get my dick wet however I can. I don't care if he's involved, but he doesn't want to be involved. And so, like, what was... Were you supposed to then, like... Hit on him? I mean, look, not whatever. I don't know. know Hey, Eric, she wants me. You don't want me, but she wants me. So what? What? What are we now? No, no. He took a very long bathroom break, and she went down that same corridor and gave me the hmm, the the come here hand gesture. So I don't know what's going on. I think maybe it had a Negroni or two at that point. You know, good old Mark, and. so I just followed her around the corner, and I get over up to where she is. There's a little alcove where there's uh, the two bathrooms on opposite sides, and then there's the service entrance to the kitchen uh, right next to them. She grabs me by the shirt collar and pulls me into the women's bathroom with her. Yes! <laughs> yes. And yes. so she's, she's taking the reins at this point. She's just going for it. She pushes me up against, uh, up against the wall. We start making out while I'm on the clock in the bathroom. Her boyfriend is outside. 
And I forget that fact until I hear a knock at the door and he starts calling her name. (laughs) (gasps) You are the other man. I am the other man. And you know what? At this point in my life, I'm okay being the other man. My philosophy on it is they know what they're doing. I have no involvement in this. As long as I'm not dead at the end of the day, I'm okay with it. I will home wreck (laughs) any day of the week. Um, (laughs) Suffice to say, I am the other man. And he starts calling her name. She shushes me and stumbles out of the bathroom to go meet up with him. I wait in there a minute because at that point, I am paralyzed with fear. Because this is a larger man than I am. And I'm I'm a pretty big guy. But this this is a bigger guy still. Right. And I'm there paralyzed with fear until then my manager comes knocking on that same bathroom door calling my name, wondering where the hell I went. Oh, no. <laughs> so he pulls so, me out. How long, me the- how long do you think you were gone? Like, how long would you say this whole... Like, from when she did, like, the come here fingers and then you went and made out and then all that shit. Five minutes tops. Not a long time. An eternity by uh, by work standards, sure, and by fear standards, right? Oh my god, yeah. Add another ten minutes onto that in my mind. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so he pulls me out, says, "What the hell are you doing?" Like in this little alcove. What the hell are you doing? You know, we have cameras over here. If, if it were anyone but me, you wouldn't have a job tonight. So you better get your shit together. Yo, so he then, saw the whole uh, fucking thing. He 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 didn't see, but he sure as hell knew. Sure, right, right. Okay, so he put enough together. Got it, got it. He, he put enough together. He, he was a smart guy. And so I traipsed on through the service entrance to the kitchen, wrapped around back to the other side of the bar, and came in like I had been somewhere else completely. Because mm. to the best of my knowledge, this guy had no fucking idea. Wow. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Retrospect, he definitely knew. He definitely put two and two together, but he gave me the benefit of the doubt that night because I got there without a, I got out of there without a black eye and with all my teeth. With yeah, with uh, well, yeah, without injury, man. Right. Like, and that's the thing, right? Is like, I have to think that he at least had some idea, right? Oh yeah. It's like. Your girl, you know, you're there with your girl. She disappears for you disappear. She disappears. And then you're like, where are you? And then it's just like, it's in your gut. It's just in your gut. It's just like, and he knows what's up. He knows the score around her, right? Yeah. Well, and that's why I prefaced it by saying they pre-gamed at the pub and were drinking for a while before they came there. Because for all he knows, she could have been throwing up in the bathroom. Mm, okay. I could have been changing a keg. She could have been throwing up. It was a perfect storm of what the hell is going on. Right, right. Oh, but the reason I think he definitely knows is because at the next bar I worked after that, there are three separate bars. The back room where I was working one night, he traipses in with another date of his. Obviously, at that point, they're no longer seeing each other. But he traipses okay. in, and the second he sees me, his expression drops off of his face. <laughs> he is so cold to me the entire night. Yeah. He, as cordial as he needs to be uh, to still impress his date that he's not an asshole to hospitality employees. He is yep. so cold to me that whole night. <laughs> yeah, he knew. <laughs> he, he knew. <laughs> he, he been knowing. 
But look, <laughs> he, he didn't say a goddamn thing. So uh, how much more could I have gotten away with, really? I was going to say, man, you really kid Icarus this whole mm-hmm. uh, uh, whole situation, man. You were flying wildly fucking close to the sun with that one, bro. Wings didn't melt off. No, nah, man, you lived to see another fucking day. Yes, sir. So, wow, oh, man, that is, is that, that's, that, that's, like he didn't, that's the end of that story. Okay. I was like, so did, <laughs> did I fuck this up again? And then you're like, no, but no, wait, we're, he we're, came in with good. a machete Scene. and he came after me. Here you, that, here that's I how I lost this thumb. <laughs> Not only a bartender, but also a magician, a multi-tiered uh, uh, man to say the least. There it is. I knew it. <laughs> For those of you watching the video portion. Yeah, yeah. If you're on the video channel here. Uh, and also, uh, this is a good point to plug uh, plug the podcast. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, hit us up. We love uh, to have you run up those views and shit. Very dope. So, wow. All right. That is a, that is a fucking tale. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, it was a tale of fucking, but it ended there. Well, I mean, listen, it made that is a good, that made for a good story, even without fucking. Obviously, in retrospect, or even in the moment, it'd been nice to have fucked. But this is still very much like this is very much like a sitcom sketch sort of situation, right? <laughs> you were you were living that moment out, which yeah. good on you, sir. So wow, now. So this so this was all at one bar. Like this was like your first bar you worked in. This was the first bar I worked in. Uh, the same one where I got promoted, cut my teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, so where did so what happened after that bar? You left there at some point. I'm assuming. Um, I said at some point earlier that I was very unhappy with my boss there. Yes. Right. 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 Le- um. Suffice to say, most of my coworkers felt the same, and a dozen and a half of us or so left at the exact same time to go to the, an, another new restaurant. We all went to the same restaurant that was oh. opening one town over. So you got poached twice. Well, I don't. Did you? Oh, poach? I poached myself. The oh, second you self poached. <laughs> I self poached. I got the hell out of there while I still could. While I had a good excuse. Mm. Okay, and. And then everyone else. Now, did you lead the charge with that or was that? No, I was actually a little late to it. Uh, A lot of people said they were jumping ship. I waited until I saw a couple more people were going. And then I said, you know what? This seems like a good idea to me. One of my coworkers and I went and interviewed together. Um, Okay. She later ended up being my roommate. But that's, again, a story for another podcast. The same terrible roommates podcast. Okay. Uh, Look for that. 2023. Ah, uh, yeah, um, that's right, man. You're fucking right. And uh, we we ended up going to that new bar, completely different mm-hmm. atmosphere, a little less upscale, a little not not divey, but definitely more of a family friendly atmosphere. More, uh, there were more TVs, there were lower prices. We had a lot more of the the lower shelf liquor and uh, the regular cheap domestic beers. This first place uh, wouldn't sell you a domestic beer to save your life because we were better than that, quote unquote. And definitely the sort of place that took itself a little bit too seriously. And, you know, in hindsight, Mm. I took myself way too seriously for working there because it Uh, was a shit show. Which, I mean... It's no longer an operation. I, for one, am shocked. 
<laughs> I'm shocked it lasted as long as it did. I worked there for a year. It lasted three. That's, you know, and it's so funny when you see those like rolling balls of fire and you're just like, how long does this last? What's the, what's the shelf life of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, listen, um, th- that was a story. <laughs> I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm very, uh, very happy to have heard it as is our, our audience as well and our listeners. So Max, thank you so much uh, for bringing the, bringing this uh, tale to uh, the open bar talk world. Um, so I think now uh, we'll get into our next segment which is questions for our guest. Now, these are five questions we ask every bartender who comes on the podcast, okay? So, question number one. What is a misconception people have about being a bartender? Um, As evidenced by a question I was asked yesterday, a misconception uh, that a lot of people have is that most of us are doing this as a part-time gig while we work towards something else. Mm. I, uh, I'll speak for myself, but I want to maintain a career in hospitality. Right. I want to own my own place someday. I don't necessarily want to always be behind the stick, but I want to stay in this industry. It's something I'm passionate about, something I love. And it's something that does, of course, at the end of the day, pay all my bills. Right. Um, so I was asked yesterday, you know, is this part-time for you? What else are you doing? Uh, my short answer was nothing. <laughs> this is my gig, man. This is what you do. So, well, interesting, interesting. Um, you know, I think, you know, again, in the year, in the number of episodes I've done, I feel like this might be one of the first ones I've heard of. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like as a misconception, just because I think a lot, some of the misconceptions I've heard is just like, you know, it's a constant party that it's just, you're drinking, hanging out with your friends and that it's like not work. You're just getting people drinks. And obviously it's work. I feel like that's the big one, one of the bigger ones, but this, I feel like might be one of the first is that like, you know, there are folks who this is their job and this is their passion is to be in the world and to own their own place. So Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm again, this is why I love doing the show because I always hear a different perspective. So question two, what's the biggest tip you've ever received as a bartender? And that's a very open-ended could be money, could be life advice, but w- whatever, what is the biggest tip that you've ever received? Okay. Uh, so I'll do the, I'll answer this a couple ways in a couple categories. Cause you said it could be money. It could be other things. Sure, sure. Uh, first off, uh, biggest tip I've ever received, fairly recently, in fact, uh, older gentleman came in with uh, two friends, made friends with the couple of ladies that were sitting next to them. Over the okay. course of the night, they ended up buying six or seven bottles of wine, uh, the least expensive of which was $80. God damn. And, <laughs> you know... I catered to them hand and foot. It was a relatively slow night. They they stayed there for several hours and ultimately ended up being the last patrons of the night to leave. And so I gave them the full uh, sommelier, and I use that term loosely in whatever capacity <laughs> I, I can, treatment, right. where I uh, explained several different bottles to them uh, because at one point they had just asked me for two red, two white, and um, you know gave them all their options chilled them, uh, opened them for them, poured for all of them. End of the night, 
tabs about seven hundred dollars, and they tip me four hundred dollars on top of it. God damn. <laughs> and this is from a person who says that I'm a bad person. I like, or I'm a weird person, rather. I like doing good things for other people. That makes me strange. I have no friends. Not sure how that works, but uh, thank you very There's, much, Kevin. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> first, it's like, I don't know. There's something deeper there. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, Obviously, on the surface, that's fucking dope. That is great. And that doesn't make him weird at all. And maybe he was... I, it sounds very tongue-in-cheek. Um, because that's the right thing to do, man. $700 tab? I mean, that's what? Almost 50%? Close to? 35 A little over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My math is fucked. But yes. <laughs> Nonetheless, that is a substantial fucking tip. And good on you uh, for being there to fucking get the right tip at the right time. Yeah. All right. So you said you were going to answer this a couple different ways. The uh, definitely one of the more interesting ones I've gotten is at the second bar I worked, that place I told you we had an exodus that fled to this place sure, uh, sure. to be the opening crew of this place. I had a regular there who brought me an unopened bottle of absinthe that he had bought in the Czech Republic 18 years prior. Whoa. Jesus. So, 140 proof, wormwood still floating in the bottom, sealed. You can tell it's an older bottle uh, just based on the packaging. Um, I still have it. I've drank maybe two ounces of it tops. And you were fucking drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say that is <laughs> hard, hard alcohol right there. Oh, oof. oh, my goodness. All right. So, question three. And now this last one is a little open-ended. This one I'm going to really drill you down to one answer. Because this, okay. this is the challenger one. And I love to watch bartenders go, just one. Hit me. What is your pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing that you do not want a customer to do when you're behind the stick? I thought you said you had a hard question for me. Well, because bartenders, when I <laughs> ask this question, they're like, oh, but all right, I hate when they tap the credit card. Um, I hate when they snap their fingers. I hate when they do this. I hate when they do that. And I'm like, no, just one. And they're like, ah, I got to pick one. But it sounds like you have a front runner. So lay it on me. Um, you know, there, there's one thing that for some reason gets my blood boiling like no other. And it's if, and it's a, it's a one-two punch. If you yell at me for attention while my back is turned to you and I'm clearly doing something else, that's one thing by itself. Right. But if you only address me as, hey, buddy, I don't know why. No other pet name that's not my name irritates me like calling me buddy. Like, I'm serving you. We're probably going to chat at some point. Take the time to learn my fucking name. Yeah, You know, I, I get that I'm one of the younger guys back there. You know, I've been doing this since I was of legal age to drink. I'm still in my mid-20s. I, I know that my demographic at the place where I currently work at the very least is more into their 40s and 50s. Sure. Um, don't call me buddy. Don't, don't fucking call me buddy. Don't... I, <laughs> Max, this is this is wild because this is like the second like question where I'm like I haven't heard like don't call me buddy. 
And I relate because pal is my hot button. Don't say, hey, pal, because we ain't pals. Yeah. It's like, I'm not your buddy. You're being an asshole to me. Yeah. Fuck that. Don't call me pal. Don't call you buddy. And also, and I, and I feel you on back is turned and yelling for attention. I don't like that. Because it's, it's those two combined, and they usually happen together. Yeah, well, because if you're going to yell at someone who clearly can, if you're going to yell at someone who's clearly doing something, then you're going to automatically assume that that's your friend, because yeah. that, that is natural lockstep right there, 100. Mm-hmm. percent All right, final question: What is your favorite drink? What do you like to have? So if I'm out at a good cocktail bar, you have all the ingredients. I love to get a Negroni. If you have a good sweet vermouth, if, uh, if you have, you know, my favorites, Carpano Antica for the sweet vermouth, gin, if you have a good gin selection, you'll win over my heart. But that okay. was the, uh, after I made a margarita, the obligatory, I don't know any other drinks drink. Right. Uh, when I when I first started really drinking, that was the second cocktail I ever made myself, and it has remained a favorite ever since. Interesting. Um, you know, I uh, I'm a vodka guy, but okay. I can appreciate a refined drink like that takes care and craft to it. So I'll pretty much try it all. Um, but like that sounds pretty fucking tasty, actually. Yeah, and it's you know it's. It's bittersweet. There's never a bad time to drink it. It's good as a dessert drink. It's good before dinner. It's good mid-course. You know, I I think it's just such a versatile drink with such a standardized recipe that any bartender worth their salt should know that it really comes down to the quality of the ingredients and whether you're up to snuff. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to mess it up if you know what you're doing. Right, right. Which, I mean, I mean, you're selling it. You, <laughs> you are selling it to me. Oh, I lied. I'm sorry. I have that was one four. other. I was going to say that is four, and I am fucking lied. And you're I, cut I, off. That's it. No more. <laughs> this has turned it. This has turned into drink champs. No more drinks for me. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to drink forever. Uh, no. Final question. Sorry. This is the final question, and I should actually switch the order because I like the this order better. What's the one thing you've learned from bartending? Doesn't have to be about the actual craft. Could be a life lesson. That one is very open. What is, what, what is the one thing you've learned from bartending? I think the one thing I've really learned at the end of the day, with everyone I've seen as a patron across all walks of life, all the people I've worked with, all the people I've served, is everyone is looking for companionship and understanding. People come to a bar for a reason anyone can drink by themselves at home but people come out to drink and pay that premium and get their drinks made for them or have their beer poured for them for a specific reason whether they're Mm. looking for something whether they're looking for someone you know that they have a reason to be there interesting and you're right i mean you know you go to a bar for an experience yeah, there. I mean, from when the bars first opened, it was a community place. It's where people went to fucking connect with each other, um, or to get away. How many people have? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've seen so many patrons who literally came in or just like, I just want to drink in solitude at a bar. 
it's a weird place to be, but those people certainly exist. I've been there. <laughs> right. You know, I've had people come to me for escapism. I've had people come to me because they're new in town and they're trying to meet new people. I've had people come to me right before first dates, giving me their entire life story. And, uh, and, you know, I'm hoping this goes well, uh, mm-hmm. any manner of reasons, but we're all there at the end of the day for the same reason. We're looking for a place to be or a community. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a lot easier to find it than you think. And we really just boil down to that one similarity when we come to, uh, to the culture of bars. Interesting. That's really well put, Max. Thank That's, you. You, I, I really appreciate how you, uh, how you articulated that. So I found a new order for my questions. Serendipitously. So <laughs> favorite drink now is four. What's the one thing you learned from the bartender is now five. So my faithful tens of listeners, Understand that the shift has now changed. All right. Last segment, which is what were you drinking? Now, this is part of the show where I read from my Facebook timeline because I have a very messy Facebook timeline and it is filled with people who post things that I have to assume that they were drinking when they posted it because no sober person would ever volunteer this level of violence on Facebook. So that being said... Max, as a bartender, you have seen people drunk off of a variety of alcohols, and now it is time for you to use your expertise to help us figure out what were they drinking when they posted this, okay? Mm-hmm. So, here we go. <clears throat> Fake-ass punks. It's cool, though, because not one of you are talking shit to my face. How about this? I call both of you out at the same time. What were they drinking when they <laughs> wrote that? Uh, when, what time of day did they post that? This was at 3.45 p.m. Okay. It's five o'clock, two time zones over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, that's fair. Fair. Do you know if it was a weekend, if it was a weekday, how early in the week? Was it, um, or was it just a date on your timeline? Let me, you know what? I can give you that in just a moment because you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to go look up the exact date because it was March 20, 22nd. That was a when Sunday. You, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Talking like that on the Lord's Day? <laughs> Have mercy. <laughs> this, was this a man or a woman? <laughs> this is a man. Okay. He's a man. I, I probably could have told you that. Yeah, uh, it'd be great if it was a woman <laughs> right that, that might change the answer completely might not i yeah. don't know she was ready to fucking put in some work that'd be great um let's see what the hell were they drinking to start off with fake ass punks fake ass punks it's cool though is it though um I feel like they were drinking Henny and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, spot on. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to explain any further than that. They were drinking Henny and Coke. If you know about Henny and Coke, um, you know that that begats violence. So you, oh, yeah. <laughs> you are, you do not need to explain that. I, no, <laughs> they're, they're looking for a fight. And if they leave their house, they're getting one. Oh, hundred percent. One hundred fucking percent. Um, you are not fucking wrong there. So, Henny and Coke, 
uh, Max, thank you again for uh, your expertise in this uh, expert diagnosis of what were you drinking because clearly someone was drinking something when you call out the universe and ready to fight. So that's, that's what that is. So that is going to do it for us uh, here for our open bar talk episode 73 with Max Stone. Uh, Max, thank you so much for hanging with us, man. This has been such a blast. I really enjoyed hearing your story. Uh, You know, again, a very salacious tale (laughs) that that I rudely fucking interrupted twice because I was like, this must be it. No, it (laughs) it was not. It's just like, I'm like, how does it get deeper? And you're like, check out the draft door. Here but wait, go. there's more. But wait, hang hang tight. So, um, yeah, do you have anything uh, you want to promote anywhere people can find you or anything like that before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at the real Max Stone. Um, no other side projects going on right now. There you go. Um, you know what? And we'd love to have you back on again, man. Cause you know what? I know you got some more fucking stories uh, in the tank. Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I a hundred percent are going to have to come to uh, circle back to you, man. Um, but that being said, uh, we're going to get up out of here again. Uh, I'm your host, Jim search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. Uh, go on all social media. Find me at Jim search. If you're looking for this podcast, open bar talk at gmail.com. Hit us up. If you have any, what, why would you, uh, what were you drinking? Send them on. Fire them over here. Uh, I'd love to see what you got. Openbartalk at gmail.com. We, of course, redact your name, but if you have people who have been drinking on your timeline, shoot it that way. Um, Instagram, openbartalk. Uh, you want to find our podcast? iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you get podcasts where you can get this one. And rate, review, and subscribe. You know, that is how people find out about the show. Uh, we really appreciate every fucking listener that pulls up. And our YouTube channel. Come watch and listen to this in real fucking time. Well, somewhat real time. But you also get to see our faces. And people want to see video. They're into it. Who am I to deny you video content? I would not want to do that. Um, And, you know, we appreciate all y'all, man. So make sure you put a water between each drink. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.